Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tipsy Ghosts, where your tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lizzie. Hey guys. Hello. Okay, would you guys like to hear some yes. quotes <laughs> from people that have turned ironic over the years? Oh, isn't it ironic? Isn't it ironic? All of these things. It's like rain Don't on your you wedding think? day. This was said by Thomas Watson, who was the chairman of IBM in 1943. Ooh, irritable bowel. <laughs> <laughs> it is a rough one. <laughs> He said, quote, I think there's a world market for maybe five computers. Oh. End quote. Mm-hmm. Womp womp. Did he, did he get out of the computer business after that? He's like, Let's there's no future. He was the chairman. <laughs> he wasn't very good at it. <laughs> Sir William Priest, the chief engineer of the British Post Office in 1876, said, quote, the Americans have need of the telephone, but we do not. We have plenty of messenger boys. They had sound the horse. <laughs> In, in England? Sound made what was sound English cousin? <laughs> sound. I thought about it. You went there. I couldn't do it. So the same name, just pronounced differently? With kind of a British accent, Terrible I think. British accent. How do you think they would say it? What is your what British post? accent? <laughs> okay, oh. all right. Post. post. Or Sir Sound. Like, <laughs> oh, Sir Sound. Sir Sound of... Of Wellingham. I cannot do a British accent. Y'all know my southern no, accent interferes. <laughs> Sir Sound of the Horses. H.M. <laughs> Warner of Warner Brothers okay. oh. in 1927 said, quote, who the hell wants to hear actors talk? <sighs> I feel <Ooh>. that sometimes. <laughs> but like, because yeah. they were silent movies. So he's saying like nobody wants to hear them actually speak. I mean, he may not be wrong. Sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes I, I wish they would stop talking. <laughs> Decca just got to turn it down. Decca Recording Company in 1962 had this to say about the Beatles: "We don't like their sound, and guitar music is on the way out." Um, <laughs> as it was on the way in, <laughs> sucks for them. Margaret Thatcher in 1974. Mm, in oh, let's hear it, Maggie. It will be years, not in my time, before a woman will become prime minister. Oh. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. That's a good ironic one. Um, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this guy's name. It's French. Martial <laughs> for Fernanda Folk. Yep. Okay. 1911. Airplanes. It's <laughs> not <laughs> French at all. No, I know. Folk. <laughs> well, Martial. Where he is the professor. It's, he's a professor of a university, and I can't pronounce the university. He said, airplanes are interesting toys, but of no military value. Hmm. 1911, yeah. right before World War I. There. <laughs> Tell that to my grandpa. Womp, womp. A professor of physiology in 1872 said, Louis Pasteur's theory of germs is ridiculous fiction. Ooh, pre-science. Oh. Sir John Eric Erickson, the surgeon extraordinary <laughs> to Queen Victoria in 1873. Whose parents, <laughs> name a kid, Eric Erickson. Sir John Will Eric Bill- Erickson. Will- William Billard. Pers- Willard Billard. <laughs> Willard B- <laughs> Don't bring up Willard Billard. <laughs> Don't bring Will Bill into this conversation. <laughs> he said, the abdomen, the chest, and the brain will forever be shut from the intrusion of the wise and humane surgeon. Wait, so he's saying nobody will do surgery? He was saying nobody will ever operate on the abdomen, the chest, and the brain. Yeah, never. Uh, Never. That sounds like an ignorant thing to say. You just didn't know. You didn't know any better. Um, Someone said, Reagan doesn't have that presidential look. 
when he was rejected for They're not a film <laughs> as an actor before he became president. He was an actor? No, Reagan. Reagan was an actor before he oh, became a president. No, I don't think I need that. An actor. He was. Memphis musician Eddie Bond, after hearing Elvis Presley in 1954, said, stick to driving a truck because you're never going to make it as a singer. Yeah, he ain't nothing you know. but a hound dog. They really tried to dog on Elvis. Yes. I like it. The last one from Charles Darwin and the Origin of Species. Okay. 1869. I see no good reasons why the views given in this volume should shock the religious feelings of anyone. Uh, Yeah, evolution. (laughs) That would never shock anybody. (laughs) Because he was too based in science to know otherwise. (laughs) You opened Pandora's box. (laughs) I mean, he didn't. He's very black and white and literal. (laughs) I thought those were just some funny ones. I would like to tell you a story. Okay. I would would like like to to listen. Hear it. I'd like to hear it. Okay, I would like to tell you of this about the story of <laughs> Brian Robson, also known as the man who mailed himself from Australia to LA. He mailed himself? Yeah, you just wait for it. Okay. Okay. I've got I've got ideas. Does it involve sound? <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> okay. It's an airplane. Did he package himself in an in a I don't want to mess it up. Okay. He rode by sound. The Pony Express. <laughs> sound was the mail. From Australia to LA. <laughs> On some ship. Sound is impressive. Okay. No. Oh, he just rode across the water. Rode across the water. <laughs> oh, okay, my bad. Sound has no bounds. <laughs> sound, sound has no bounds. I should have known. <laughs> and no ear, hearing. He's just <laughs> randomly. He's also blind, you remember? <laughs> yes, he's just randomly <laughs> running into the water and hoping for the best magical (laughs) well he has to be at this point if he's blind and deaf and (laughs) he's carrying now body parts in his satchel i don't know the savior of the pony express (laughs) okay how did b rob mail himself without sound (laughs) well thank you for asking without sound In 1964, at the age of 19, Brian Robson left his home in Wales to take a job as a ticket inspector for Victorian Railways in Melbourne, Australia. Oh, you said it the correct way. Yes. With no R. Yes. Got it. But I want to say Melbourne. For those of you like me, it's not Melbourne. He left his job as a bus conductor, (laughs) said bye to his parents, and he went down under. Oh, boy. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like a setup for a bad porn. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? Because uh, uh, she knew what she was doing. Down under. <laughs> In Melbourne. Under your pants. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> you were waiting to say down under at some point in the story. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Of course. This was a trip sponsored by the Australian government as part of an assisted immigration program. Okay. So this meant that if he left or didn't hold up his end of the bargain with his job, he would have to pay them back for his flight there and his flight back home, which is a total of around $21,000 in today's money. It's a lot of money for a flight. Well, they were kind of expensive back day, back back days. <laughs> back then. Back in those days. Back in them days. <laughs> I'd imagine that's a very long flight as well. For sure. Yes. Um, turns out his new job was also kind of lame and he got homesick, but also the feeling was mutual and his coworkers described him as moody and impulsive. Oh, I thought you were going to say they missed him. And no. Oh, okay. He didn't like them. They didn't like him. Also, the hostel they put him up in was a, quote, rat infested hole. Ooh, it's probably like the movies. Hostel. 
Maybe. Yes, there's people waiting to torture and kill him. Then. I don't know that. But he couldn't afford the $21,000 to get back home, so he felt kind of stuck, but he was also determined to get home. So in the meantime, he tried an- another job in a paper mill. Somewhere along the way, he was arrested and charged for false pretenses. What does that mean? Thank you for asking. (laughs) This is apparently a crime that is a combination of fraud and larceny where someone is deceptive in order to obtain property from someone else. So it's uh, property by means of false pretenses. So they lied. He he lied about getting property? Or he lied. He got the like, property because he lied. Maybe he was like, "This property is amazing. There's no problem with it," but it was a bunch of problems, and so he kind of like lied to sell it. Yeah, he's a hustler. Sure, okay. a hustler. For this, he spent a few months in jail, and he never ended up reporting back to his work assignment. But he did try to go back to the hostel to see if anything had improved, and this is where he met two Irishmen, John and Paul. They were new to the assisted immigration program, and they were recently they had recently gotten there. They were staying at the hostel. So not surprisingly, nothing really had changed, and he was still pretty homesick, and he wanted to leave Australia real bad, and he was a little bitter about being in jail, so now he's very determined. Question for you guys. Ready? Mm-hmm. How would you leave a country you wanted to? to be in but now you don't also you can't afford like a, a plane ticket and also the government might be mad at you Ooh, and you know that's a tough one because there's not really a lot of places to go in australia where are you gonna go down under you're down under you are stuck the outback under. yeah i mean the outback is kind of rough i think there i know nothing about australia but like only this much is has got people living in it and the rest of it is snakes the bush drop bears the bush down under is that what they say no <laughs> the bush down under There's tarantulas the, bush. the size of cars but they're down under in the bush <laughs> they're down in the bush um knowing us we would just stay in australia <laughs> because we don't want people to be mad at us and if the government's going to be mad at us or I'm people trying to are make it be, right with yes. the government <laughs> make it right with the government first <laughs> if they didn't like me, I tried to like <laughs> wish them over. Do community service. Yes. What can I do to make this better? I don't like when you're mad at me, government. <laughs> and I also would not be able to afford the twenty one thousand dollars. I guess I would find yeah. a different job, maybe try to find another place to live. I don't know. You'd go live in the bush. <laughs> Down under. <laughs> find a little cabin in the bush. A little cabin in the bush. Hell no. Have a you cave. seen some of those? You'll find a cave in the bush. Ooh. A moist cave. Okay, cavernous no. bush. Nope, stopping this. <laughs> I was letting you guys go with it for a while. And this is why we can never be alone. <laughs> the bush caves. <laughs> it would never stop. Uh. Wait, wait. Have you seen some of those creatures that live in the bush? <laughs> bush creatures. Drop big. bears. Drop bears. Those no. are one of our very first episodes. <laughs> Well, now when I say what I saw, it's going to sound real bad, but I saw some crabs. (laughs) Bush crabs. (laughs) I was thinking snakes, spiders, yes. Lizards, there's lots of... And you are worried about crabs. Sand crabs in the bush. (laughs) Bush crabs. What's so scary about a sand crab? <laughs> Compared to a spider the size of your head. Well, they yeah, may the be size like of your car. Cr- or the size of your car. And snakes. One- 
What is it called? Kangaroos are mean. They kick you. Have you seen their muscles? Yeah, they are terrifying. Look at this bat that looks like if a straight up fucking human in a bat costume. If it's a snake, costume. I can't look at it. That's a fruit bat. Why is it so big? Because it's a fruit bat. That doesn't clarify it. Fruit, remember fruit bats are bigger. How scary koalas are when they're wet. I saw that and I hate it. All right, Brian, he's he's stuck. He's stuck. He can't get out. You he, guys had government's some mad. really terrible ideas about you. getting out of Australia. Well, you know us. Brian went a different route. Okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. He roped his new pals, John and Paul, yeah. into helping him smuggle himself home. Okay. It started... This doesn't sound like a great idea. He started when he saw a UK-based moving company with a sign that said, quote, we can move anything, anywhere. Mm. End quote. So he's like, oh, he said, Bet. you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we are Bet. too Stop. old. <laughs> we are too old I to cannot. say that. Literally, my coworker the other day was on the phone with our <laughs> boss and said, Bet. And I was like, Stop. <laughs> I cannot take you seriously. Wow. Now I'm going to say more. Okay, there's the Australian crab. I just want to show you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a big crab. I fucking told you. <laughs> bush crabs. The bush crabs are horrifying. Okay. All right, proceed. So move anyone or move anything anywhere. Anything anywhere. And so he's like, hmm. Bet. <laughs> yeah, he said. That's what he said. He said, bet. I've got a bus and plan. It's a real dank plan. Cap. Dank. Yes. Ain't Period. no cap. No cap. No cap. <laughs> Period. Stop it. I can't. <laughs> Okay. Uh, anyway, so, so suddenly that movie company's lit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they say that anymore. But we can keep it up. Okay. All right. All right sorry. So sorry. Be rough. We can move Bro. anything anywhere. He, he's going to move himself. Yeah. Yeah. Bet. Um, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> and so suddenly Brian has a plan to go back to Wales. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, the plan was to get into a box and travel back in the cargo hold of an airplane. And John and Paul are helping. I called it. So Brian visited the office of Australian airline Qantas to find out what the process was for sending a box overseas. And he was pretty specific about like size and weight limitations, just asking for a friend. <laughs> um, after Did he have to weigh himself in a box so he knew the exact? He probably weighed himself and then weighed the box. And then added Damn the two together. <laughs> Not as fun. <laughs> I pictured him in a box on the scale. <laughs> He can't let people know that he's putting a body in there. I think he used like a private scale. That's what I mean, like a bathroom scale at home. Yeah. Yeah, In his box. (laughs) So after his little investigation, he went back to the hostel to tell BFFs John and Paul his plan to mail himself back to London because he needed their help. Brian bought a wooden box that was 30, 30 inches by 26 inches by 38 inches. Which is just large enough to have a suitcase in there and sit with your knees pulled up to your chest. Absolutely not. Mm. Fuck that. So the trio spent the next month planning. And among their plans, like, well, you have to like label this box because it's going to be kind of heavy and they're going to wonder what's in there. <laughs> They'd write on the outside. They put, it's definitely for Chile. They did. They said fragile. They said this side up. And they also labeled it Ajax computer. Making like it's oh it's computer parts because computers back in the sixties are like super big and heavy. They can't sit in the sun or get wet or get real hot. I was thinking like humidity. (laughs) Also a problem down under. What if they got it real hot and he's just like ah my ass? (laughs) Did you just face palm? (laughs) I 
I'm facepalming this entire conversation. Just saying, down under is both wet and humid, not to mention hot. And hot. It's musty. <laughs> Can and you not musty. ever say the word musty? And potentially it's got crabs. All right, so where are we now? He's, he's got in a learn- fragile box. He's got to contort himself. He's not in the box oh, okay, yet. They're okay. still planning. I'm jumping ahead. They're they had- planning. It's a month-long process, Sarah. <laughs> oh they had to make sure that there was enough room for Brian <laughs> and his suitcase and all the necessities. Oh, what necessities? Thank you for asking. It is <laughs> Were a- they bare? A- yes. <laughs> just the bare necessities. <laughs> it's it took me a second. Bare I was like, necessities. What? <laughs> All right. What was his necessities? Yes. Thank you again. Um, a pillow. Oh. Mm. I would make things mm. more comfortable for that long trip. A torch, also known as a flashlight. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> it was like bad idea in a wood box. <laughs> a bottle of water for drinking. Yes. A bottle f- of empty for peeing. peeing. Yeah. Huh. Five biscuits, which I think are cookies. Oh, I would have guessed biscuits. They might be crackers. No, it's not like red lobster. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Missed they opportunity. Cookies over there are biscuits. I know that, but they should call biscuits biscuits. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if cookies are biscuits and crackers are uh, what are what's crisps. a cracker? Crisps. No, potato That's, chips are chips. Crisps. Fries are chips. Chips are crisps. Biscuits are cookies. What are crackers and what are actual biscuits? Biscuits are probably called rolls or something like that. We'll get back to that. So he needed five of them because he didn't want a whole lot because he didn't want to have a bowel movement while he was in the sky. Yes. He had no um, container for that. Yeah. (laughs) Couldn't poop in the box. There's not a a bottle for poo. Um, He had a- shit in a box. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. All right, I'm drinking of that. That was clever. <laughs> Yay! I did something clever. <laughs> it's been two years. <laughs> Way to go! It's, it's never me. In box. It's just my shit in a box. <laughs> Step one: shit in a box, and then open the box. I don't know what happens after Surprise. that. Surprise! It's my shit in a box. Shit in a box, babe. <laughs> he didn't want to poop, so only five biscuits. Got it. That yeah. would not create shit in a box. <laughs> he also had a, a tiny hammer. What? <laughs> in case he needed to bust out? To help him open the crate. Uh, okay. It's like to keep beats. I was thinking like if the plane crashed and he needed to get out, but uh, how would you get out of a crashing plane? <laughs> the, plane the whole plane no, burned like, down except for you in the box. <laughs> if the plane crashed in the water or something. or Thank the God water I brought this tiny plane. hammer. Get out. <laughs> if the box fell in the ocean and he needs to get out so he doesn't drown. <laughs> sure. Yep. The, the I landing. Thinking of, I wasn't yeah. thinking of crashing on dry land. Yeah, Either he, way. Then he's gone. He's surrounded by pillows. He could probably survive. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Tiny Hammer to help him open the crate whenever he landed in London. Okay. Right? Also, lastly, very important, a book of Beatles songs. Ooh, so he could memorize them. <laughs> yeah. Or like make a little music in his brain. Yeah, with the hammer. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. To keep time. <laughs> it's like cowbell. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> He's like, what's that noise? It's just mm-hmm. B-Rob in the box. <laughs> That'd be Rob. It's B-Rob in the box. <laughs> B-Rob in the box, girl. Step one. 
Quit be rubbing the bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's getting worse. <laughs> Sorry. He, he's in the box, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they sealed the crate. So they arranged for a truck to take the crate to the airport. And he was fine for like 10 minutes. And then his legs started to cramp. Oh, no. And within a couple hours, he was loaded onto a plane in Melbourne. And it was only after the plane took off that he considered there might be a problem with oxygen up in the cargo hold up in the sky. Didn't think about that one. Yeah, oversight. He didn't ask that at the Qantas interview. He said the planes were not pressurized and there was very little oxygen. He had a lot of trouble breathing. But after a 90-minute flight, he was in Sydney. Okay. Well, that's only a 90-minute flight. <laughs> well, it's the 60s. He's still got the longest stretch yeah. to go. And oh, he was struggling over that 90 minutes. Yeah. And the thing about Sydney is that they unloaded his box upside down. They didn't pay attention to this this side up stickers. For Gile, What for does G- that mean? I don't understand French. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if he would have tapped in Morse code, <laughs> they would have understood. They would have gotten it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So he's sitting on his head, and <laughs> he had to stay in that position for 22 hours. Oh, my gosh. How do you not pass out from blood flow? How do you blood survive blow? that? Yeah. He barely survives. Another issue that he didn't really plan for was that the he originally booked his crate on a flight from Sydney to London via Qantas, but the flight was full. So... Mm-hmm. Just being like cargo, they're like, I mean, we'll just take the long way. So they rerouted the crate onto a Pan American flight. Oh no! To Los Angeles. Oh, oh shit! No. That would then transfer to London. But Brian had no idea this was happening. He's just, you know, on his head in his own world, like He's upside down, just waiting. The flight to L.A. took ninety six hours. Oh my gosh! Which is a lot longer than the thirty six hours he originally planned for. <laughs> It's, in fact, three times-ish. Yeah. So he said, quote, the pain was unbearable. I couldn't breathe properly. I was drifting in and out of consciousness. He basically spent the whole time in his box in complete darkness because at some point he dropped his flashlight and experiencing significant pain and confusion. Was he still upside down those entire 96 hours? No. They put him back upright whenever they put him on the Pan Am flight. But he's still cramped with like his knees to his chest in this tiny box. So he reported very vivid night terrors and eventually couldn't even tell what was real and what was not. Um, He was for sure he was going to die. Well, he's also probably super dehydrated because, again, that bottle of water can't last that long. Bottle of water. He could have peed into the bottle and then drank it again. That's true. Eventually, he landed in L.A., and he only realized that he was in America when he kept hearing American accents of the airport workers. (laughs) Yeah. And so his original plan was to wait until nighttime and then use his little tiny hammer to break the side of the crate and then walk home in London. Basically, he would, like, walk out of the airport, get a cab, go to Wales. I'm sure it's not like a cab right away, but it's closer than L.A. But It's a lot closer than L.A. Now, London's kind of out of the question. I don't think it's within walking distance. No. Unless you have sound. Yeah. Sound walks on water. on sound. Mm-hmm. With a, a whistle that's really only heard by him. Because <laughs> he's deaf. How does he hear a whistle? It's, it's, it's like one of those very high-pitched. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make sound only for sound. Okay. Sure. So Get on my level. I'm okay. sorry. I, I, I am not familiar with sound. <laughs> We now, make them up as we go. Sound is always improving. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's in LA. Yeah. So Sucks remember, for him, he dropped the flashlight. So yes. 
the beam was on though. Like the flashlight was on when he dropped it. And so that caught the attention of two airport workers. So they see this like beam of light coming out of this crate. And so they go to inspect it. And one of the workers looks into a tiny hole in the crate (laughs) and they nearly have a heart attack because all I can see is an eyeball. (laughs) <laughs> just staring back at him oh my nightmare fuel can you imagine absolutely not <laughs> so he screamed and he's like there is a body in that box because he didn't think the guy was alive because well, yeah, of, of course, course there's no way this person's gonna survive so his friend goes to grab the supervisor and everyone that he talks to is like cute joke right you're not being serious but finally someone took him seriously it just took a while because everyone thought it was a joke. Um, But someone came over and they confirmed that there was a live person inside the crate. And so they broke it open. They should have let him open it himself with his little hammer. I think he was probably too weak and out of it to do it himself. Exactly. At this point. Stop being so logical. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, By this time, he had no control over his body at all. Poor B-Rob. He was probably completely numb. Yeah, he was rushed to the hospital where he stayed for about a week to recover. He originally was too weak to even walk, and he was just covered in bruises, dehydrated, the whole nine. The media was all over the case, of course, bringing a lot of attention to the fact that he was in the United States illegally because <laughs> he mailed himself there. <laughs> um, but he got lucky. No charges were filed for coming to the United States illegally, which is nice because <clears throat> it wasn't really his fault. Of all the crimes that he committed, that one wasn't intentional. Well, they rerouted him without his knowledge. He didn't mean to come to the U.S. He did not consent. Yes. he w- After he recovered a little bit, he was put on a Pan America flight back to London in a free first class seat, which is a really fancy way to deport somebody. That worked out okay for him. He was met with a ton of media and <laughs> his parents picked him up and they took him back home Aww. where he laid relatively low until recently. So... In the last couple of years, the story kind of came back around. He is in his 70s now, I believe. And within the last year or two, he released a book about the ordeal. What is the name of his book? Hello, Darkness, My Old Friend. <laughs> okay. That's good. Thank yeah. you. My Life in a Box. Okay. Life in a Box. I love the name. It's called The Crate Escape. Ooh, I like him. He also had several news articles and media appearances where he was trying to find John and Paul, the guys who helped him. He's like, I haven't spoke to them until they nailed me in the crate. He just wanted to reach out and be like, hey, remember me? I'm alive. Uh, but it sounds I'm dead. like I'm alive. You never know. <laughs> it sounds like he probably found them. But whenever they asked him for details, he only mentioned that he had several documentary film companies willing to pay him for the story. So I'm sure in the next few years, we're going to hear the story of the crate escape straight from him and co-starring John and Paul. Uh, We don't really know how he actually survived, though. So several experts claim that he would have died if he traveled the remaining 12-hour flight to London from L.A. in this crate. Low oxygen and extreme temperatures make these types of trips fatal about 90% of the time. So he got very lucky because he went on that one trip for 90 minutes and then he went on a 96-hour hour trip <laughs> across oceans. It's just wild. Brian agrees that the whole thing was a terrible idea now, but he said kids at 19 are quite stupid. Which he's is not wrong. He's true. He's not wrong, yeah. That's the story of Brian Robson, but here's the kicker. An immigration department spokesman said that thanks to an unsatisfactory record, 
In the short time he was in Australia, they didn't really feel like he was a good fit to settle there. Before he left, they were about to offer him repatriation to Wales. He, he just didn't wait long enough. Exactly. They were just going to be like, um, thanks, but no thanks. You're not going to make it here. <laughs> Please. It's not a good fit Here's your ticket you, back friends. home. <laughs> On me. Don't worry about it. It takes a lot for them to be like, you don't belong in this entire yes. country. <laughs> we really need the help with the jobs, but we'll make it. You suck. Bye. He left before the message could be relayed, which is a real kick in the dick. Dang. Would have been worse if he had died. <laughs> Didn't know that. Poor B-Rob. That is a crazy story. It is. It, so you guys didn't have that on your to-do of trying to get out of the country? No. No. Um, I'd be way too nervous that I'd get caught. I'd probably talk in the box at some point. <laughs> hey, hey, guys. Uh, I have a podcast. Can you turn it on? No, here's what would happen. I'd hear them. I'd overhear them talking about something that I felt like I could chime into. And then you'd hear me from the box like, did you know that? da 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 They'd be like, where the hell did that come from? I'm like, it's me. I'm in the box. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just traveling to Wales. Where are you going? That's exactly how it's going. And I'd be like, do you want to go together? Should we sit next to each other? <laughs> Meanwhile, I would be in the crate next to you and I would say nothing. This is nothing. my friend Sarah. No. She's over here in the box too. Can she come with us? No. <laughs> I'm too much of a rule follower. I would not be able to. <laughs> Make sure my box is far away from your box. Hurtful. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in this week to our episode. You can always find us at thetipsyghost.com with our socials linked from there, or send us an email at thetipsyghost at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star rating and a great review anywhere we listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it, and it really does help. All right, guys, thanks so much. We will catch you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.